How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Tuesday Talkies, where we discuss what's going on in the world of music business. I'm Peter Schwing, and joining me today are my fellow co-hosts, Sam Tall, Aisha Adamo, Stephanie Carlin, and The Duke. If there's something you'd like to chime in about, let us hear your thoughts in the comments below. So today we're going to talk about what's the deal with Warner Music acquiring a social media publishing platform, independent music's fight for survival, staying true to who you are, and how to trust your intuition when working with a collaborator. Got a lot to cover, so let's get to it. Uh, last week, TechCrunch uh, reported that Warner Music is acquiring IMGN, a social media publishing platform, for under uh, $100 million. In the article, they say, Warner, meanwhile, does not plan to use the platform to simply market Warner artists, but to tap it for more insights into where people are going online these days and what they want to see so that it can better target its own marketing efforts accordingly. Here with his thoughts on this, Sam Tall. Sam, how you doing? I'm good, Peter. Great. So Warner, you know, while Warner has invested and acquired startups in the past, what makes this interesting to me is like how labels are now looking outside normal music distribution channels to where people are discovering music. And, you know, there's a lot going on and outside the music realm for these majors. So, you know, what are your thoughts on this? So it's, it's interesting because, uh, they have Songkick, they have Uproxx, uh, and they have now IMGN and probably some other stuff that I'm forgetting. I think it's telling that, you know, Warner made the point of, of letting TechCrunch know that it's not going to be a marketing vehicle for Warner Music. Obviously, you know, when you have popular TikTok channels or popular Instagram channels, paying for the placement of a song and promoting that song is very valuable, but it's not like 80 to $100 million valuable, you know? So I think, you know, the 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 idea that this is a way for Warner to keep their sense of what's on the cusp or what's, you know, what's new and what's trending in terms of topics and tre- and fads and challenges and all kinds of stuff happening on TikTok and Instagram. That's super powerful insight that then they can, you know, use to kind of steer unorthodox marketing efforts. But I don't know that it's going to be a one-to-one fit. I think I've said this before, the way that music is being used on TikTok or being found on TikTok by virtue of A&R, that's just the latest iteration of a thing we've been doing for ages, whether it's Instagram singers or Vine singers or YouTube singers, et cetera. So I don't think that that's necessarily the way that we're going to build a, a future industry. There's got to be some other data play here, just like there was with Uprox, um, that we're going to probably not see for a while yet. Well, what's really interesting about this and you know what I like is the fact that the you know Warner is these labels you know they're publicly you know publicly traded now so it's not just money revenue it's they look they need other revenue opportunities and they need to be able to you know they have to answer to their investors now so when they have their you know earnings reports and financial reports and you know the Everything that they have to do now is not just relying on music. So, the you know, it's what are they going to be doing to find out? Like you're talking about TikTok, and it's finding out where people are. And you know, it's kind of like you can right. assess, you know, kind of access their endpoint and where they're going. And if you can follow that trend, then you can figure out a way to 
get you the music, not necessarily to get people to Spotify or Apple to a streaming platform, it is to get that into the next TikTok, the next Reels, the next uh, whatever, you know, next week's social right. media platform du jour is. I mean, Colombia has been really aggressive about signing hit singles off of TikTok. Um, I have conversations about this all the time at Studio 71 about artists that are potentially social media stars that we might want to work with for various purposes, but they're already tangled up in a Columbia Records or RCA deal. Atlantic, I'm sure, would love to play part of that game as well, which you know leads to Warner wanting to have you know firsthand or first look at uh, you know songs that are popping off in a in a Daquan post or something like that. Um, I think. We can't forget the fact that despite Warner going public again, that it's still almost exclusively controlled by Access Industries, right? And Len Blavatnik is very passionate about building this full stack company. So I don't know that, you know, I think, I, well, I think the price is probably right for a company like this. I think the value, the direct revenue is going to be a matter of brand placements, label placements, and that kind of like, you know, bought spots as opposed to, you know, UGC advertising, et cetera, the way that it is on YouTube. Um, but I think Warner has a, has a hill to climb when it comes to seeing press releases like from Spotify saying that Universal is the most technologically advanced partner that they have. And Warner's probably not too pleased with that, especially considering Len Blavatnik is building one of the most uh, cohesive organizations in the music business and it is going to go toe to toe with Liberty media at some point once they kind of, you know, build their arsenals. Well, you know, I, I think there's something there where it's like really interesting talking about, you know, technological advances and Warner stepped into the gaming market. So, you know, and I talk about gaming quite a bit and that's, and, and now you see what's going on with Epic and Apple and Epic versus Google. And you know, there's going to be this battle between the gaming uh, producers, the distribution channels, and then the music. And it goes back to Bezos with Amazon owning Twitch. And there's so, but to be able to get into that market there is going to be a really interesting place. I mean, we've got, you know, Twitch not licensing music. We've got video games not making it to the app store. We've got all kinds of, you know, entertainment IP issues that, I'll be honest, it feels a little like we're approaching a, you know, intellectual property world war that's played out in the courts where it's it's various parties, you know, demanding various mm -hmm. things that are all interconnected but unique and, and nobody's happy. Um, well, something's going to end up getting shook up. Yeah, well, you, you well, we have, you know, everything that's going to, you know, through Congress now and what was going through last year. And so, yeah, the war has been brewing and has been going on for a while, but I think it's going to come to the uh, come to a head. So. All right. Thanks for that. Thank you, Sam. Have a great one. All right. Going on is uh, artists are rescheduling their tours. Festivals are uncertain when they can resume. The industry needs both innovation and fan support to weather the crisis. Without the financial support of publicly traded companies or ones with deep pockets, the industry music sector is left fighting to survive. Here with his perspective on the matter is the Duke. How you doing? How's it going, Peter? Big P. Good. Good. 
Hey, what's up, man? All right, so you know, I was looking at the article that you shared, and I'm going to put it. I'm going to put it into the show notes. But you know, one of the big things is like creativity, and I know you're about creativity. Is what has made independent successful in the first place, and how many have devised, and many are devising new ways to survive in this time. So, so what are you seeing? What are your thoughts? My thoughts are, if you're if you have been sitting around for the last six months playing video games. Um, you probably have some great scores and you probably beat a lot of bosses, but it don't mean anything for your bank account. And I think that if you're a creator, a musician or owner of a venue or any type of uh, job in the music industry, you got to understand that right now is the time to to hustle. You know what I mean? You can't sit on, oh, back in my days or because you'll end up like Blockbuster. And um, Martin, one of my favorite shows of all time, um, had a great character named Hustle Man. And Hustle Man always had a new hustle, you know, whether he had chickens on a, a stick or, you know, if he would, um, you know, sell you uh, cars, your own tires back to you. He always had a he always had a hustle and you got to respect the hustler. Right. So let's say, for example, the, the, the street hustler. Right. So when it's raining outside, the street hustler has umbrellas. Right. So he's he's giving you something to block you from the rain. Right. Because he understands that's what the service. That's what you need. But then when it gets hot, he gives you the water back by selling you water bottles. Right. And those water bottles, you can get them for 20 something for $4, right? So he's making a profit on that. You got to be a hustler. You got to be an entrepreneur in this moment in time. Um, if you want to survive, um, you got to create a new revenue stream for yourself. It doesn't matter how awesome you were in March or February. It's irrelevant now because you don't know what the landscape is going to be when, when it comes back for you. And if you want to wait for some type of landscape to come in the future that you think is going to happen, I can almost guarantee you that uh, it's not going to be that way because no one individual creates the world. It's cre created by a mass uh, um, uh, collection. So the hustle is, is hustle time right now. It's time for you to be like Rocky and run up those stairs. It's time for you to punch meat. If you don't have a sandbag to punch, it's time to get creative. Amen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. And, you know, the, the hustler and that and that's the whole thing. And that's what independents have always done. That has always been the underground. Like people like on the majors, you, you know, those artists are like, I want to be I want to be signed to, you know, pick pick a major label. I want to be signed. My goal is that. OK, so they are hustling to get to that point. But the real grind comes from those independent artists that are like day in and day out coming up with new ideas, new ways to collaborate, new ways to find a place, you know, a venue to play in. Let's put it together a pickup truck. You know, let's let's come up with something really unique and different. So that's what really the the you know the passion and the the you know underbelly of like you know what the independents are about. So I, I love that. So what what do you uh you you started rolling out and we talked about it last week, but I've seen a lot more videos. So just quickly tell us again what uh what you're working on there over in Williamsburg. So in Williamsburg, um, I have a T-shirt print shop, and it's a recording studio called the Willie B Labs. You can find it on Instagram and Twitter and all that. And um, I have some friends in reality television, and they started filming me. They felt I was interesting, my story was interesting, and the studio was interesting, and the characters at the studio were interesting. So they started filming me, and they created a show called Collective Vibes. And uh, we have nine episodes. Four of them are out right now. You can YouTube it, type in Collective Vibes. Our goal is to get it on Vice or Fuse or Revolt or 
one of these channels that were complex, Netflix, something like that. But um, like a lot of things, um, you know, you create it yourself as we're talking about hustling. So it's it's a hustle within a hustle. I have the studio, which is a hustle, and now a show about the studio, which is a hustle about the hustle. There it is. I, I think we got the hustle down, Pat. Thanks, Dave. That's awesome. Best of luck. I'm going to put that link into the show notes as well. So staying true to who you are as we sit in a world that's so up in the air and any clear next steps seem uncertain, one thing that's clear is that there's a place for almost anything to be the next big thing. To take a look at knowing who we are and being who we are is Aisha Adamo. Hey, hey, what's going on, Aisha? How you doing? Hey, Peter. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. <laughs> How's everything in New York? Very, you know, good. And um, yeah, I have actually, speaking of the hustle, um, which I'm about to maybe disagree with Duke about, but I, I have been hustling myself as well, admittedly. Um, I have my music video, Dance Till Dawn, which is going to be premiering at Dances with Films in in Los Angeles, but actually on the internet this year because of COVID. Um, so I'm excited about that. And uh, yeah, well, let me just get into it. <laughs> right on. Yeah, let, let, let's get into what you said. I was going to ask you about that, but you beat me to it. So let's get right into your <laughs> segment here. All right. So what Duke was saying, but uh, <laughs> what I really want to talk about this week is that importance of staying true to who you are and it, it's a cliche, right? Everybody says it. Everybody pays lip service to this idea, but actually living it is kind of a whole other thing. And what I want to suggest right now is that in this current world of rapid change, when all the balls are up in the air and we don't know what's going on, even people who seem to have a plan are hardly able to really predict what's next. I just want to suggest that there's an opportunity here to really tune into that person that you are and live from that place. So, you know, the first step of staying true to who you are is actually knowing what that is and figuring out who you are. I think that everything that's ensued in the last six months is, it's really given us a lot of opportunities to look into that. Like, who are you during a pandemic when all of the social norms of interaction have been thrown up in the air? Or who are you when there's this barrage of clickbait news and headlines that manipulate in one direction or another, and they're constantly aiming to bombard your attention span. Well, who are you at the core? Or if it were just one thought out conscious action followed by another, just one foot in front of another, what path would that be leading you on? I mean, we all know that these are difficult times. But there are also times when we're being given daily opportunities to connect with that core of ourselves and be the people that we were always meant to be. So perhaps we go back and recall the clean slate of who we were in childhood and how the child of us would freely take action, reaching toward friendship, valuing the moment in a context free of deadlines, or expressing ourselves honestly without a thought of what might limit our, our expression. Like you might bring a little of that child self back into the mix, that freedom of everything being open. And for our music artists and creatives, uh, maybe this means that you don't have to be a saved, slave to social media when that wouldn't be a part of the natural joy that you feel in a day. And maybe you don't have to make music that you think that would be popular or on a schedule that 
you know, popularity on various platforms seems to dictate. You can sometimes aimlessly noodle at what you like to do and do that in the moment. There's really no telling what the next big thing will be. It could be anything at all. So we might as well invest in the us that we truly believe in. So that's where I'm at with this. And yeah, the hustle is important, but also sometimes you just have to be true to what feels right and the way of working that feels right for you. Regardless of how you approach the truth of who you are, I invite you to do it this week, to, to take some actions consciously and say, is this really me? Does this make sense to me as you do them? See what happens. I do think it's time well spent. I love it. I love it. And, you know, the so, the whole thing about social norms, it's like everything's out the window right now. And, you know, it's, it's what, what do you do? Give us an example. I think like, you know, give us an example. What are you doing this week that's going to be fall under this kind of umbrella of what you're talking about? <laughs> well, probably the reason I have to remind myself of this this week is because I'm spending the whole week doing the final touches on my video that's going to be premiering and that's the torture of my life and exporting from premiere that takes three hours is the torture of my life every time. So <laughs> I have to find ways that I can take, you know, all of that away and say, what, what does my heart want right now? And, and while it's exporting, can I, you know, take a walk that I want to take, hum a tune that I want to, you know, explore like write down some poetry, anything that is not uh, associated with the deadline or the pressure of that. What can I do to be outside of that? Right on. All right. Well, good luck and keep us informed. Uh, and if you have some links to the video, if we, you know, if the, the movie, the film, the, um, you know, let us know. We can put that in the show notes or next week we'll bring it back. So yeah. thank you so much. It was great, great hearing from you. So good luck with that. So working with a team, or even just a writer or a single business partner can either hinder or, your, or help your progress. So you need to be careful about who to trust. Who you should tr how you should trust your intuition is Stephanie Carlin. And I got to pull up this screen over here because my screen just went away. And uh, so I'm just going to have to, you know, this is this is what we all live is all about. So I'm pressing this button and we are there, Stephanie. Look at that. I just clicked over here and boom, Stephanie appears. So, Stephanie, what's going on? You're a, tr you're a true pro, Peter, just whipping that keyboard out and having that ready. Oh, like, yeah. That's really amazing. I have all the colors director, on the keyboard. Yes. Gentlemen. Yeah. We're, this this well, is live. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, you know, I'm really hoping to bridge together what Duke said about the hustle and what Aisha said about staying in your truth. And ideally, in the ideal world, when you're in your truth, the hustle is really aligned and freeing. And it's my hope that nobody listening is in the hustle by themselves, because we create things in teamwork, we create things in relationship. That's really all we have. And the conversation I want to have today is about the gap between demanding healthy relationships, especially in this industry, but then feeling overwhelmed with how to weed through them so you can get there. And we can't really rationalize or intellectualize things. We, we have to go through the heart in our authentic relationships. We have to feel. We can't think our way through our intuition. It's just what it requires. It requires a demand 
to feel good, have that be the floor and surround yourself with people that make you feel good. And it won't be the default, right? You know that you have to create that. And this is for every relationship, whether it's your teams, your boss, your employees, your fans, your investors, your peers. And we get ourselves into trouble by feeling obligated to people without knowing why. So I want to talk about a few common ways we betray ourselves in our relationships so you can be in your truth as you go on your hustle in this post-COVID world. So just a few pointers. Like, think about that one person that you have a difficult relationship with in this industry. Check in. Are you trying to prove yourself? Because that looks like working long hours for them, not billing them for extra time, feeling a compulsion to discount, or like being addicted to people being thrilled with you. Or maybe you're not charging enough money. So you get the bottom feeders and the ones who cause all the extra headaches and need you all the time. Because remember, high prices and high value means getting the job done faster with less hassle. That's where I always pull my clients up to. Or maybe you just put up with bad behavior. And this creates tension and obligation in the relationship because when they feel insecure, have no consideration for you, no line between right and wrong, take advantage, you absorb it all in. Or maybe you just feel like you have to take on clients for the money and it's just a fundamental misalignment and core values, but you do it anyway to, for the money. And that's, that's a worthiness issue. That's a violation of your intuition to do that. And if you look at those four things, we can see they're missing truth. And the truth is, your work is incredibly important. And every time you give yourself away to someone who tethers in and leeches your precious time and energy, you're feeding them while draining you. And there's an impact on you if you keep doing this. And so the daydream I want to just create with you is if you knew a thousand people wanted to pay you 10K, 10 grand for one day of working with you, how specific could you make your services? What would you really want to sell? Who would you really want to partner with in that? What kind of values would you hold the line for in that partnership? So just daydream in that with me, because starting today, I'd like for you to end one relationship with this bad behavior and do it without guilt or fire one client that's driving you crazy, or maybe even try doubling your rates and see how your relationships alter from there. And this would only be easy if you could step into the irrefutable truth that you are enough and it can go how you say you want it to go. And when you sift through the shit that's keeping you from believing you're enough, you will create such personal integrity rooted in truth. And Peter, then it can all stop feeling so hard. Would you agree? I love it. I absolutely agree. And you know, the one thing, and you, you focus on this quite often, and and I just want to, you know, get you even double and triple down on it. If somebody was to offer you something, what is that service you want to provide? Because everybody, like so many people are trying to do so many things for so many people. It's like, what is the one thing that you can be happy doing, you enjoy doing, that you can make money doing, and just focus and give that kind of laser-guided uh, drive? Amen, brother. Yeah. So, all right. Well, 
Let's see if, uh, if my scene's going to cut out this way. So again, that's it for today. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, if you want to continue the conversation, leave a comment below. And if you find this interesting, hit that subscribe button and ring the notification bell to be alerted about new shows. You can always find us at musicindustrycity.com and on your preferred podcast player. Thank you again to our host, Stephanie, Sam, Aisha, and the Duke. Have a rocking day and see you next time.